Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, some surprise on Monday to open this week. Barry Trotz fired as Islanders head coach. I'm not sure anyone saw that coming. Just one so-so year in New York, and he's out. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And I think when everyone saw that news, at least if you're a Flyers fan or really a fan of any team looking for a head coach, you're thinking, go get him. Go get Barry Trotz as your next head coach. I think a lot of Flyers fans want Barry Trotz. Uh, It's hard to argue why they wouldn't want him. Joe, what was your initial reaction? Do you think he would be a good fit for the Flyers? Well, my initial reaction was, now, this is a second straight stop where Trotz kind of exits and you're wondering why. Um, His contract wasn't renewed after they won the Cup in Washington. And then he comes to the Islanders, who are a franchise that was kind of in this state of limbo with getting their new building and playing in their old one. <clears throat> they had just come off a couple of years of playing some games in Long Island, some games in Brooklyn. So they were a franchise that I don't think was high on anyone's list in terms of um, ready to win now franchises. And they had lost John Tavares in free agency. And Barry Trotz comes in and takes them to a conference final. They beat the Flyers along the way in the bubble there. Um, in Toronto, and then, of course, he takes them to the playoffs again, and then this season, they open their new building, but as a result, they go on this dreadfully long road trip to start their season, and then had two bouts with COVID that affected many key players in their lineup both times, so you kind of figure and wonder why he was shown the door, but... um Lou Lamorello is the is the GM there, and um, you know, you, it, it's kind of hard to question Lou's resume when you look. Um, and then immediately, my second thought is, or was, was the would the Flyers be interested? And I think the fans here would love him. I think he'd be good for the young players here. Um, and you know that. It remains to be seen, but certainly you're going to have a ton of teams that are interested in Barry Trotz. So you're not going to be, if you decide to pursue him as your coach, you're not going to be doing so in a vacuum. Um, You're going to be competing and possibly having to bid with other teams for his services. So I I don't think that's going to be cut and dry. We want Barry Trotz. We're going to go get him. Because, again, there's any team, as you mentioned, that are looking for a coach, I'm pretty sure if he's not the top name on the list, he's one of the top two or three names, that's for sure. 
Yeah, you're talking about probably a future Hall of Fame coach. He's third in all-time victories. He has a Stanley Cup, two Jack Adams awards. Uh, that, that Those Islanders teams, they ran into the Lightning twice in the conference final, and then last year it was considered this the NHL semifinal because of division realignment and whatnot. But twice they fell a step short of the cup final because of the two-time defending champs. It, like He did some really impressive work in New York as you mentioned, Joe, with all the stuff going on prior to his arrival, it was not an easy job. And I think it really showcased his coaching ability, how good he can turn around teams quickly. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, he's a big system guy and it's a defensive system. And when he was in Washington, you had the offensive players like Backstrom, Ovechkin, um, you know, even defensemen that provide offense like John Carlson. But then when he gets to the Islanders, you have Matthew Barzell, who really drives offense, but they don't have a outside of Barzell. It's not like they're loaded with a, a ton of goal scoring and firepower on offense. And to me, that is where he really showed his brilliance as a coach. Because as I said, this is a team that came off losing John Tavares in free agency, who was clearly their best offensive player. And then, um, you know, he implemented that defensive system, and we saw it in the bubble. They were just – I mean, there's not really anywhere – they were a pain to play against. You hear – and we've heard Flyers guys in the past couple of years talk about how you need to be hard to play against. I think the prototypical hard to play against is a Barry Trotz team, particularly that Islanders squad who was not loaded with a bunch of offense, but they just locked you down. And, you know, I brought it up several times. It reminded me of the Devils from the 90s. They weren't going to go out there and put up five goals a game, but they were going to have solid goaltending and, more importantly, solid defense and kind of just suffocate the team they play. And to me, what he did with the Islanders is really – I don't want to say it's more impressive than what he did with Washington because they won a cup. But with Washington and you look at their roster and you go, okay, that roster won a cup. You look at the Islanders and they were on the brink of going to a Stanley Cup final. And you look at their roster. I don't think anybody would say that's a Stanley Cup final roster. And you put him behind the bench and they were just about there. So to me, that was that was very, very impressive. It really caught my attention because – when I saw that Trotz was fired, I couldn't help but think of all the things Chuck Fletcher has said about what he wants in his team. Tough to play against, structured, um, good habits, and how they haven't had that over the last two seasons. And Chuck Fletcher's been an admirer of the way Trotz and the Islanders do things. He mentioned the Islanders when they hired Elaine Vigneault. He referred to the Islanders about turning around quickly and how when you get a coach and the right system, things can change quickly in this league. And then he had mentioned them throughout the next couple of seasons, one after losing to them in the playoffs and how they were really tough to play against, the style in which they played, the system in which Ray Trotz implemented. And then even when he was talking about Rasmus Ristolainen during this season, when he was asked about the trade and if they wanted to re-sign him, he mentioned how Playing the Islanders, you need big physical bodies because they're a team that can kind of beat you up and knock you around with the way they play and how physical they are. 
Like he, you can tell he has admired the way the Islanders play and how they've had success under Barry Trotz. So it really caught my attention because I think Trotz does a lot of the things the Flyers could use. And he turns teams around quickly and he gets players to buy in. But Joe, I will say, Alain Vigneault was touted for a lot of those things. A lot of those things of a guy that comes with a presence, comes with pedigree, a guy that can flip the page quickly for a team, and he gets the respective players to buy in. He didn't last very long here. He never even had a full season. He was a Jack Adams runner-up in his year one, and then he was gone 22 games in year three. Do you feel like the Flyers would be going with a similar approach, almost the same approach, if they get a Barry Trotz? Like, do you want to see them go a different route, maybe a different flavor for head coach? It's an interesting thought, but I don't know what that that different flavor is because um, when you look at the roster that the Flyers have, I would liken them to more of what those Islanders teams were than necessarily like Washington. They don't have snipers and goal scorers. They don't have obviously Ovechkins, but Backstroms and Oshies. And, you know, they don't have John Carlson creating offense from the point. They don't have that. And I'm not saying they have Anders Lee and, 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 you know, um, Brock Nelson and those kind of players either. They have some of them. They don't have the same amount that the Islanders have. But I would liken their roster more toward what the Islanders are or were under trots than what the Capitals would be. So I guess the question is, do you hire the coach that more suits your roster or what you want your team to be uh, beyond just this coming season? Um, You know, you mentioned quick turnaround. So – Maybe if you're if you're looking for a quick turnaround, I think Barry Trotz is your guy. If you're looking for longevity and rebuild, um, maybe it is worth going a different direction. Um, but there's a lot of things that have to come with that, um, and that is obviously the personnel moves. Um, you know, if you want to be more of an offensive team you need more goal scoring on this team. Just, I think you need it either way, but um, particularly if you're going to look at a coach that has a bit of a different style than a sort of a a lockdown style built around defense, um, you need to add goal scoring and goal scoring costs money. And um, I'm not saying the Flyers aren't willing to spend the money, but you know, there is a cap in this league and, uh, the Flyers already have some hefty contracts on their payroll right now. So, you know, that's going to take some maneuvering. So, I mean, there's just – there's so many things that have to happen in this offseason. And um, it feels like with the playoffs still going on, you're in a holding pattern right now a little bit, um, aside from coaches that would be available and not tied to current playoff teams. So – um yeah, it's interesting, but uh, I do think uh, hiring a guy like Trotz would inject some um, energy and some um, uh, some 
rejuvenate some interest around this team because it's certainly a, a coach that people here know. And particularly over – I mean, this season you played them a normal amount of times, but last season they played them in – inordinate amount of times because of the setup and the season before that with the bubble playoffs and their series, of course. So they've gotten plenty of looks at a Barry Trotz team. Um, and I think flyer fans would generally be excited about seeing a guy um, and kind of like, that's our guy now. And not like we have to play against this team. That's going to lock us down. Um, like Barry Trotz teams do. Coaching styles can also can also be cyclical in many ways. You know, the, for the Flyers, you look at an example of like they went Dave Hackstall, the young, unconventional route guy coming fresh out of college, no experience. Sometimes you see a young assistant finally get that head coaching job where he's got no head coaching experience, but he's young, he's up and coming, and you feel like maybe he's just getting started. And then when that doesn't work. You typically go the experience route. Well, let's get the guy that's been there, done that. That's what the Flyers did. They got Elaine Vigneault, who's top 10 in wins. He's been to the cup final twice. You can tell Chuck Fletcher at that time wanted to load up his staff with experience. Two head coaches as assistants, and obviously one of the better head coaches as their new guy. It's tough to tell where the Flyers want to go now, but I'm not sure they're in a position to take a risk, a risk by going the lesser name the guy that maybe is outside the box that no one really saw coming. I'm not sure they're in that spot. So that makes you think Barry Trost is such a safe bet, but I think he would be a really smart bet too. He just has the track record of getting teams to push into playoff contention when they're, they really had no business being there the year before. So I, I just think Barry Trotz is the safe bet, but it's tough to tell where the Flyers want to go. I think they are taking a broad perspective and really a broad look at this. When we asked Chuck Fletcher what he was looking for, he didn't really bite on it. He didn't say he was looking for one thing or the other. He said they're going to look for an ideal candidate profile and go from there. So it's really tough to say where they want to go. But, boy, is it a tough spot to say, do you want to go um, the surprise or do you want to go the safe bet? And how will the fans react to that, too? I think it's all kind of stuff that's being contemplated right now. Yeah, um, you, you know, you mentioned the up and coming guys, and, and and immediately the guys that came to my mind are, uh, you know, Sheldon Keefe. The Maple Leafs kept him with the Marlies because they thought he would be a coach in waiting when Mike Babcock was there, and then Babcock was dismissed. Sheldon Keefe's take, taken over and been successful in Detroit. They had Jeff Blaschel waiting in in their minor leagues. And he was the coach of the future. Now, of course, he got fired this year. Um, but the decision to keep Blaschel in the organization was before Steve Eiserman got there as the GM. So you have those sort of thing, like you have the organizations that have done that. But I don't – when those things were going on with those two particular organizations, they made it public. Like, we like this guy. Jeff Blaschel is our guy. We're going to keep him in our minor leagues. Same thing with Sheldon Keefe. The Flyers don't have a guy that they're saying that's our guy that we're waiting on. Um, so I, I agree with you. I don't think that they can go uh, and and get your virtual unknown guy. Now, what I would wonder about as an assistant that has Flyer ties, 
Luke Richardson was the one that came to mind because he was forced into uh, being the head coach actually each of the previous two seasons to this one in the playoffs uh, when when the Flyers faced them because their head coach had COVID. And then – or no, he left the team for another medical reason. And then last season in the playoffs, Montreal during their cup final run, Luke Richardson had to take over a couple games because their head coach had COVID. So um, he's got a little bit of experience. But again, I, I don't know that – Outside of the former flyer tie, I don't know what people are going to get excited about because there's a limited um, resume in terms of being a head coach. So I think you need to go a little more um, – you, you need to go with a, a, more experience, uh, a little more of a winning pedigree. Um, I, I, I've seen a name like David Quinn floated around a bit. Uh, Quinn, of course, was the coach of the Rangers up until this. He he was let go at the end of last season, and uh, replaced by Gerard Gallant. And um, you know, it's an interesting name. I'm not really sure that that's going to get people excited either. Um, names that would get them excited, we mentioned Trotz, a name like Tortorella, because just the. The hard-nosed style of coaching and the kind of in-your-face, tell it like it is, is the kind of stuff this city always appreciates. Um, a guy like Rick Tockett obviously has such a uh, – he's such an icon in this town. But I, I don't know. Like beyond that – and who knows even, you know, if, if someone like Tockett would be interested in this job. Um, and, uh, it, it, it really is tough. I mean, to me, you, but they need, I think they need to make a splash. It has to be a splash coach. And I'm not saying hire for splash. I'm saying hire for pedigree. And with that comes the splash. Um, and I, I something has to, you have to start somewhere with rejuvenating the buzz around this team. And coaching is going to be the first move, you would think, before anything else. So, um, you know, I, I, I think it's got to be a name. It's got to be a guy with some experience. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Optics absolutely come into play here. I think the Flyers would be lying if they said optics don't come into play with this hire because you are looking to reinvigorate the fan base. You are looking to excite the fan base. Uh, a fan base that really is frustrated over back-to-back playoffless seasons and one of the worst years in franchise history. So you are looking to to get somebody 
that obviously is not not only great for your team and for your players on your roster, but also is going to mesh well in the city and can get the fan bite, the fan base going again. I think Ron Hextall hired Dave Hextall. I really don't think he gave a darn about how the city would react or the fan base react. He knew he was the guy that he liked. Uh, and the Flyers were more in a position, I think, to maybe take a risk like that. Right now, as we mentioned, not sure they are. And, you know, Jordan, you point out Dave Hextall. They did take a risk, and, and you know, the risk was Craig Berube. And look what's happened right. since, you know, that's not really – I mean, that was a different regime, a different group. But in Flyer fans' minds, you take a look at what Berube's done since he left, and – that guy was right here. Um, and, of course, the Blues team has more talent. But, you know, not to, like, rehash how that went, they were awful that season until Craig Berube took over for Mike Yo, and then they went on their Stanley Cup run. And they've really been right in the thick of the Western Conference ever since. And they look like they're going to advance to the second round in this current playoff. So, I mean, Berube's been riding high since he took over, and the reason he was in St. Louis is because he was let go here in favor of Dave Haxtell. And um, while none of those decision makers are making this decision, Flyer fans certainly remember that that was uh, the case. Absolutely. And this was not meant to bash Dave Haxall in all honesty from my end for bringing him up. It was more just he was an example that Flyers fans can relate to of going the unconventional route, a guy that no one really knew of among the fan base because he was coming fresh out of college with no experience. Now, you know, he took the Flyers to the playoffs two years. He's now in Seattle trying to rebuild, not rebuild, start up the Kraken. So, but that was just an example of unconventional. No one saw it coming. Not sure the Flyers are in position to really go that route. And yeah, it was a risk because, as you mentioned, Joe lost Craig Berube, and uh, and then eventually Dave Haxtell was out as coach, and you're starting over again by looking for a new guy. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Well, Joe, outside of the coaching talk, there was also news within the draft. The draft lottery was held Tuesday night. The Flyers went from number four. In the pecking order to number five, five was actually their most likely spot. They had the highest percentage chance to go to five. That's where they fell because the Devils actually climbed. Devils went from five to number two. So a Metropolitan team climbs. The Flyers drop one spot. But still, nonetheless, a number five draft pick is very nice. Uh, it should have the amateur scouting staff pretty excited. It's a good spot to be in. The Flyers haven't picked that high. Uh, in a little while, obviously, Nolan Patrick was their last top three pick, number two in 2017. But the organization has not picked five or higher much. Uh, I believe they have around six, maybe seven picks. I looked it up last night. I think it's around six or seven picks in the top five in its history. So this is a really intriguing pick. They're going to get a good player. So in the spirit of draft talk, Joe, this regime has picked two first-rounders, Cam York Tyson Forster, last year they did not have a first-round pick because they traded it in the Rasmus Ristolainen deal. So York Forster, two kids that I think the Flyers are hoping eventually and sooner rather than later fill big holes here moving forward. Joe, if you had to pick one, one that maybe 
will make an impact sooner rather than later. Who are you going with? I think it might be an obvious pick, but I think Forrester is getting there too. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I agree with you, but I, I, I have to say Cam York because, first off, they need him desperately to be that guy. Um, he, you have to like what you saw with him on the power play. Um, I, I really like his style from up there and how quickly he can get the puck toward the net from the point, particularly on that power play. Um, I like his ability to carry the puck. And to me, he has to make an impact next season. I'm not so sure Forrester is definitely an impact player next season, but I think York has to be. And what we saw from him this season, I don't know how you can not expect that he will make the impact next season. So to me, it's got to be York. Um, and I'm not just expecting him to be in the lineup. He he has to be an impact player uh, on, you know, not only solidifying one of their pairs, um, but also uh, on that power play, be it be a, a presence on that power play, because I, I think his ability to get the puck toward the net, walk the line at the top of the power play, um, those are all things that the Flyers definitely need. And we don't know what the deal is with Ryan Ellis, of course. Um, Ellis would obviously be the quarterback of power play unit one. But I, to me, at worst, you have to go into the season with York as the quarterback of power play two again with the, his ability to get the puck on net, to find lanes to get the puck on net, and his ability to walk the line at the top of the power play. He, he has to be an impact player next season. I think the Flyers are really hoping he is playing a massive role next year. They're hoping that he's far along enough that he can do that. He got 30 games last year. He got a taste of the NHL at the end of 2020-21. So he's got about 33 games of NHL experience. And they featured him in big minutes during stretches of this season. And I think they're really hoping he's ready to take a major stride because it would look very good on behalf of this regime that this was their first ever first round pick. He's here. He's showing the fan base that he can be a piece to the future and that, uh, and that the team is going to be better soon and that they have young kids that they can draft and develop. But Chuck Fletcher mentioned almost ad nauseum at his – end of season press conference, how much trouble they had defending too much and that they couldn't exit the D zone cleanly and that it resulted in them constantly playing in the D zone. He talked about it so much. And at the very tail end of that press conference, he mentioned Kim York is a guy that does exactly what we need, exactly what we need in terms of reading the play, making a, a, a sharp first read, and that first read's that not there. He makes a very clean second read, and he gets his teams going up the ice and playing in the offensive zone. So to me, he's pointing out that Cam York can be an answer, and they want him to be an answer. He's only 21 years old, but he does have all the ingredients, and he's a kid that doesn't get blown away by the moment. He He's very even-keeled. He's kind of a California cool kid, and I think – the Flyers are hoping he's ready to go. To me, he looks more NHL-ready. Tyson Forster, on the other hand, coming off shoulder surgery, played junior hockey towards the tail end of this year. But Chuck Fletcher did mention that he thinks he could probably use some AHL seasoning and that they don't want to force kids into roles. They want them to be ready for roles. But, Joe, I will say, Forster, I think, is a kid that, again, can eventually fill a major flaw in this team, and that's shoot first, goal scoring, 
NHL shot type of kid. Absolutely. And I mean, we mentioned it earlier in this podcast when we were talking about coaching styles. This team, no matter who the coach is and what their style is, the team needs more goal scoring. Um, you know, you can't have your leading goal scorer be in the mid 20s and then have a steep drop off from there. It, it, you need, I mean, they need Atkinson and Konechny and preferably a guy that's going to score more than those two guys. Yeah. And then you're talking because then you start getting your depth. And um, I, I think it's it's big that they go out and get a <clears throat> focal point on offense. Um, I mean, of course, they were missing Sean Couturier, but I don't – Sean Couturier is a 200-foot player. We're not, he's not a guy we're expecting to score 40 goals. So – I think that's priority number one, and it has to, uh, you know, it's one of the outside of head coach. It's the to me the biggest thing this off season is getting firepower on offense. And the one thing I'll say about Tyson Forrester, I think we both agreed, Joe, that Cam York is the guy probably closest to making a difference right now. But I think Forrester might be a guy the fan base will like more in terms of just excitement and raw talent. Because he does things just naturally at his position of winger compared to what Cam York does on defense that excites fans. Uh, for me, when I saw him last year at development camp and through rookie camp, he was head and shoulders above every player that I saw there in terms of I think this kid could really be something. He, he caught my eye from day one of development camp through the conclusion of rookie camp and the rookie games of, wow, this kid does have an NHL shot. He, he plays with a bit of a flair. He's confident. There's like a small bit of cockiness to him. And he can score goals. <laughs> he, he does things where when you watch him shoot from the circle, you, your, your jaw drops a little bit. So I think when eventually he's here and making a difference, he could be a guy that the fans really latch on to and have kind of been yearning for uh, for a while now. So I think Forster has that flair to him and that style of play. And naturally – there's more spots at four than there are on D. So maybe Forster eventually gets his shot here next year. Maybe he gets called up for an NHL debut. If the team sees that he's had a couple good months of seasoning at, uh, at Lehigh Valley, and maybe they're in a pinch. Maybe they need a goal scorer, they need help, and Forster gets his shot. So I think fans will be excited to eventually see a Tyson Forster. But Cam York, can't go wrong with him. He's uh, really, I think, what they hope is an all-situation defenseman who moves the puck up the ice, a very exciting player and only 21 years old. So I think the fan base should be excited about him too. Yeah, absolutely. And and you mentioned um, about somebody they've been yearning for because going back to Hextall, they really – all we've been hearing about really are the defensemen that have been picked since the Provorov and Sanheim and Haig and Phil Myers. And that they ha there hasn't been a ton of talk about – forwards outside of Morgan Frost, maybe that, that people are forwards that are kind of definitely like goal scoring forwards. And Frost just quite frankly, has not really lived up to expectations yet um, to, to, to can keep that excitement going. So uh, a guy that is ready to come in and, you know, light the lamp and, um, get the offense going would definitely excite this fan base. And it's something that this team has definitely been lacking. 
100%, and I think the fan base is ready to be excited again. They want something to be excited about. The head coaching hire is probably the next on the list here coming up. We'll see who they get and uh, if it does excite the fan base uh, some way, somehow. But, Joe, this has been fun. As always, great seeing you, great chatting with you. We will have plenty more to go as this offseason really is just getting started and so much more to come. But, Joe, thanks as always. Appreciate your work. A big thank you to Ben Berry as well. Appreciate his work and his time and his flexibility, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, please rate and listen, and we can't wait to talk to you next time.